This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Western North Carolina. Welcome to a Wednesday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio, August the 30th, 2023. As we uh, get closer to the Labor Day weekend, the official, well, not the official, the unofficial end of summer and uh Hurricane Adalia has uh, come ashore in Florida, and uh, it is going to come up uh, into Georgia, but fortunately not close enough to us here in western North Carolina. We may get a little bit of rain on the fringes, but uh, we are going to dodge a bullet here. But uh, hopefully the folks, it's it's coming close to Tallahassee. They've never had a storm this big. It was a Category 4 when it first came on. It's been downgraded now to a 3. But uh, lots of storm surge, lots of wind and rain, and uh, hopefully everybody down there is safe. Uh, but uh, we've had a few inches of rain just with storms here in the last few days, so I'd be okay if we don't get a lot out of this. Um, so yesterday was uh, cut-down day in the NFL. Well, it also turned out to be cut-down day in Major League Baseball. I mean, I saw the thing. I mean, all kinds of guys were cut loose, designated for assignment or just flat-out released by their Major League teams yesterday. Uh, we'll get to all that in a minute. Uh, I saw a thing on Twitter. It was funny. It was uh, They said, doesn't Major League Baseball know this is the NFL's cut day? <laughs> uh, it was that crazy. It, some big names got released uh, yesterday. We'll start off with the NFL and the Patriots yesterday. Um, I think they wanted to send a message that they're tired of the chatter about Bailey Zappi. Uh, being a possible uh, replacement for Mac Jones. This was that was never going to be the case. I mean, people were going bananas last year when uh, Mac Jones was uh, hurt a little bit and then benched, and they, uh, the Zappy started four games, and people were like, oh, my God, he's the greatest. Look, let's calm down. Uh, Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Bailey Zappi, and Bill Belichick wanted it to be known yesterday that there was going to be no controversy in New England. This is Mac Jones's team, for better or worse. Belichick has said, you know, basically, if if he flops, I screwed up. But with Bill O'Brien there now, and an opportunity, hopefully, for them to take all the training wheels off of Mac Jones, let him have a full season as a, as a 100% committed uh, NFL quarterback. Um, that's what they did. So they had released Trace McSorley, the veteran, on Monday, and then yesterday they released, released Zappi as well as the kid Malik Cunningham, who was an undrafted free agent out of Louisville, who plays some quarterback, 
uh, also played receiver, a very, very athletic kid. Uh, supposedly they are going to, Patriots are going to try to re-sign him to their practice squad if he makes it through waivers today. But right now the only quarterback on the roster in New England is Mac Jones. So obviously they're going to have to sign somebody. And there were some people that were released uh, this week and a couple other guys that, that are available, guys like Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy, with uh, with Kyler Murray on the shelf in Arizona, the thought was Colt McCoy was going to be the starter in Arizona, and they surprisingly released him on Monday. So he's available. He's 36 years old, but he's a guy that, look, if Mac Jones were to get hurt, he's somebody that is that has had some success, has some skills, and would be a great veteran backup. You know, he could fulfill the role kind of like uh, Hoyer did for the Patriots for so many years. So Colt McCoy, if he isn't signed by somebody else, could be a great get for the Patriots it, because they've now committed to – to, to to it being Mac Jones. So you're going to want to bring a veteran in there. You're not going to want to bring in another young kid. Um, you know, Carson Wentz is another guy that's out there. He could be, you know, a, a good mentor for Mac Jones. Um, another name that was thrown out there was uh, Will Greer, who's the uh, kid that got cut by the Cowboys because they traded for Trey Lance with the 49ers. So Greer, who goes out, knows he's going to be cut because they'd already made the trade, and he goes out in his last preseason game and throws for over 300 yards. In his uh, Greer's time, he threw for like, I don't know, 650 yards in the three preseason games. He looked great. But if you bring him in, there's no difference there than bringing than keeping Bailey Zappi because people are going to say, well, look, look, look what Greer did, you know. In the preseason, he could be, you know, we could, if Mac Jones has a, a down game, people would be screaming, we could, you know, put Greer in there, put Greer in there, which is what we heard last year all the time. Anytime Mac Jones had any struggles, regardless of the fact that the, the offense last year was awful, and that wasn't on Mac Jones, that was on the offensive coordinator. But they've got a legit guy in there now, and I think, I think Mac Jones is going to have a good season. If the offensive line can keep them upright, and of course they made some trades this week for a couple of offensive linemen to try to give them some depth because there are some issues there. But this is now Mac Jones's team. Now, look, Patriots are probably finishing in last place in that division. Um, you know, they're not making the playoffs. You heard Dan Zampano last week, who's a Patriot fan, and uh, for as long as I've known Dan, you know, it's hard to get him off that Patriot bandwagon. He always picks them to make the playoffs, and he didn't this year. That tells me all I need to know. So, but this is Mac Jones's team. And if he falls on his face this year with a new offensive coordinator in there, a new offense in there that is supposedly geared to his strengths, if he fails this year, the Patriots are back to square one. And it's going to set this franchise back a number of years. Uh, look, we've seen them struggle since Brady left. And 
it doesn't mean that they can't get back to the top. But if Mac Jones isn't the guy and they've got to draft another quarterback and build up another guy and start from square one, you know, then you're looking at another three, four, five years perhaps until this team is ready to compete again. So the Patriots have put all their eggs into that basket. And I, for one, will be happy not to have to go onto social media and hear people talking about Bailey Zappi. We got way too carried away about what Bailey Zappi did. Caught lightning in a bottle for a couple of games. You know, it's going to be kind of, it isn't quite this bad because he had a little bit more time under center, but it's kind of like what happened with San Francisco last year with Brock Purdy. And think about this. You know, they started off the season last year with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback, right? Or actually Trey Lance first. Trey Lance gets hurt like the first game. Then they got to go to Garoppolo. He gets hurt. Then they got to go to Purdy, who's the last guy up, and he leads them to the playoffs. Now, they had a great roster. But what, what did he do? play, seven, eight games? You know, when he played at the playoff game and he ended up needing Tommy John surgery because his arm was shot, couldn't even throw the football, that was painful to watch in the playoffs. But they have hitched their wagon now to Brock Purdy, a guy who was the last draft pick (laughs) in the draft, and and cut loose a guy who was the number four overall pick and let Jimmy Garoppolo go to, to the Raiders. So the 49ers have hitched their wagon to Brock Purdy, um who has much less talent than Mac Jones. But it's a very, very similar situation. With Trey Lance traded away, and they just have Sam Darnold as the backup now, and we know who Sam Darnold is and isn't. But I think this was a great move for the Patriots. I think they had to do this. If they were going to commit to Mac Jones as the quarterback, they had to get that distraction of Bailey Zappi out of there. The other move the Patriots made yesterday, very interesting. They traded Nick Folk, who has been so good for them, so consistent. Uh, They traded him to the Tennessee Titans for a seventh-round draft pick in 2025, not even in a coming draft, in 2025. So basically, you traded him for a bag of balls. Just saying. And I, you know, look, I'm a big Nick Folk fan. But he's going to be 39 years old in November. You knew this was going to happen. The Patriots drafted Chad Ryland in the fourth round. You don't draft kickers that high and then cut them. So there was no question that he was going to be the Patriots kicker this year. He's 23 years old. And, you know, look, um, he didn't try a field goal in any of the preseason games. He had some struggles in, in practice, you know, making some field goals, and people were kind of theorizing, hmm, maybe this guy's not the guy. But there's no way the Patriots could afford to draft him, you know, in the fourth round, a kicker, and then cut him. So really not a surprise. Uh, and, uh, you know, look, Nick Folk did a hell of a job. Um for the Patriots for years. They brought him in when Steven Gostowski left, and uh, you could not have asked uh, 
someone to do a better job than Nick Folk did. So, uh, uh, you know, hopefully uh, he, he has a good season with uh, Tennessee and, uh, you know, 39 years old. We, you know, look, we see kickers kick into their early 40s on a regular basis, but uh, he doesn't have the, the leg he used to have, but he can still, you know, we still saw him knock him in from, you know, the low 50 range, but uh, Ryland's got a much bigger leg. So uh, so that's where the Patriots are at. Uh, other things that happened yesterday on cutdown day, uh, the Colts decided to keep Jonathan Taylor, their disgruntled running back, on the physically unable to perform list, which means that he is out for at least the first four games of the season. So, you know, and they had given his agent, you know, permission to go out and try to find a trade. And a couple teams have come to the Colts with trade ideas. The Colts have turned them down. So now even if somebody does trade for Taylor, he's got to sit out four games. So this is this is just ugly. I mean, Taylor is, you know, dug in. He's got a contract, but he said he wants an extension and he wants more money. He's going to make $10 million, and it's not enough. You know, we know that the, the running backs in the NFL have been devalued. and uh, But, you know, this is this is my gripe. Uh, from day one, you know, for any, any sport, I don't care whether it's hockey, football, basketball, baseball. If you have a contract, if you put your name on the dotted line and signed a contract, you need to shut up and play. And when your contract is up, then you go negotiate a new deal. This stuff with people holding out for more money when they've signed a contract pisses me off no end. No end. Uh, other people that got cut, we mentioned Colt McCoy. We mun- mentioned Will Greer. Uh, Cade York, who struggled like hell in his rookie year for the Cleveland Browns, missed uh, 10 kicks, eight field, eight field goals, and a couple of extra points. Also had a bad preseason. Uh, he's done. And uh, the, the, the Browns traded for Dustin Hopkins. And uh, so Cade York, after just one year in the league, uh, is out. And uh, Doug Peterson, how about this? The head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, cut his son yesterday. Man, it's cold, right? His uh, son was Josh uh, Josh Peterson. Uh, he was trying to make, you know, look, he was a long shot to make the team. But, I mean, how, about, how tough has that got to be? Hey, uh, hey, hey, son. Yeah, no, you're out of here. <laughs> so uh, he got cut. And uh, the good news from yesterday uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, the young man who uh, suffered cardiac arrest on the field last year in a game for the Buffalo Bills, is back, and he made the 53-man roster. I don't think there was any question that that was going to happen. You know, when he was physically cleared to play, it would have been uh, – that would have been a bad PR move to cut him. But not only is he making the team, it looks like he could be an impact player for the Buffalo Bills. So that was nice to see that, that he's made the team. It's also uh, Jimmy Graham, who has been around forever, the, uh, the tight end for the New Orleans Saints. He sat out all of last year. Uh, question whether he was going to be able to make the team this year. He actually didn't even play the second preseason game. They said he had a, a quote-unquote medical episode that a lot of people think was a seizure. Uh, but he's back. His last preseason game, the preseason finale, three catches and a touchdown. He's made the Saints team. Uh, 
which is great. And uh, young kid out of UCLA, um, wide receiver, ran an absolutely awful 40-yard dash, 4.99, which for a wide receiver is just, yeah, it's just not good. But he was drafted by the Seahawks, and he earned a spot on their 53-man roster with what he did in the preseason. Good for him. And, uh, you know, and, and again, that's, you know, that's where sometimes numbers don't matter. You know, we, we, we talk, there is an intangible. People, whether you want to believe it or not, there are people that just have a nose for the ball, uh, have great hands, are, are just, they bring other things other than the fact that they have blinding speed. It's the same thing in every sport. There are just some people that the numbers may say one thing, but they just are their winners, and they find ways to make contributions that maybe their numbers say they shouldn't be able to make. So uh, good for Bobo to make the team. Uh, and uh, uh, we'll see the the uh, teams will be able to f- sign players to their practice squad uh, starting today. We'll see if the Patriots do bring, bring back Malik Cunningham, and we'll probably know today or tomorrow uh, who their backup quarterback is going to be because obviously uh, – they're not going to go uh, into the regular season with just one quarterback on the roster and Mac Jones, but this is Mac Jones's team. Now we know that and everybody just needs to pipe down, get used to it and either look, you know, root for the kid or go find another team, you know, and that's basically what Bill Belichick has said. Enough of this. And, uh, you know, good for him. Good for him. I mentioned that it was cut down day in the NFL, but, Major League Baseball decided to get in on it. This was, I mean, this was incredible. In a span of of uh, a couple of hours yesterday, we find out that some big names just got cut loose by their teams. It started with the Los Angeles Angels. The Angels looked like they were going for it at the trade deadline, right? They were they were kind of in shouting distance of the wild card, and they decided, you know what, we've got Otani, let's try to make a run for it, let's make him feel good, maybe we got a better chance of re-signing him for next year, you know, if we look like we're going to go for it. So at the deadline, they traded for Randall Gritchick, Hunter Renfro, Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, and Ronaldo Lopez. They brought in five guys at the trade deadline. Well, guess what? Yesterday, they cut them all. You know, Lucas Giolito was having one of the worst years of his career, but he still made 27 starts this year. He's thrown 153 innings. He's got an ERA of four and a half. Hell, the Red Sox ought to find out if, you know, they pick him up because you can get him for a song. Now, all these people that were released uh, go into a pool, and being able to, to claim them, it goes in reverse order. Of record, so right now, you know all the teams that that have worse record, the worst records can have first crack at them. Well, teams that aren't having going to have a chance to make the playoffs, chances are they're not going for these guys. So that means that you know the teams on the fridges of the wild card race would be the ones that would would go for it. So who does that mean? Well, it could mean the Red Sox, although they're on life support and then some. Uh, it could mean the Toronto Blue Jays, who are only three and a half back. Uh, how about Arizona, Cincinnati, Miami? 
that are all within three games of a wild card in the National League or one of the teams that are already in wild card position. Um, the other guy that got cut yesterday, Mike Clevenger, got cut from the Chicago White Sox. Mike Clevenger has put up some decent numbers for the White Sox. He's had some injury issues, but he's got an ERA of 3.32 in 18 starts. Carlos Carrasco got cut by the Mets. Harrison Bader, outfielder, got cut by the Yankees. He's made some big contributions for the Yankees, but he's had an absolutely horrible August. Uh, The Tigers cut Jose Cisnero, pretty good relief pitcher. Matt Moore, who's thrown 43 innings this year in 40 games. He has an ERA at 2.3. If you're the Red Sox, he's one of the first calls I'm making. Ronaldo Lopez, another guy, he's been in 55 games this year. He's thrown 54 innings. He's got an ERA of under four. I mean, these are guys that they they are getting snapped up. I'm telling you that right now. Hunter Renfro has 18 home runs this year. He's only hitting 239, but that's Hunter Renfro. There's teams that are going to want this guy. So there's going to be some big playoff implications here in the next 24 hours to find out – where these guys are going to go. Do I expect the Red Sox to to get on board and grab any of these guys? No, I don't. I mean, if you're the Red Sox, yeah, there's a, a couple of these relief pitchers. Actually, hell, I'd probably go out and see if I could get Lucas Giolito because he's got to be better than the crap they're throwing out now. He's got to be better than Cutter Crawford. But the Sox now, with their performance last night, have got themselves in such a hole, it probably doesn't make sense. You know, it just, uh, that's kind of where we're at. If this happens last week, you know, the Red Sox probably feel differently about it because last week they were only three and a half back. Now they're six and a half back. But, but, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Major League Baseball Players Association doesn't make a little bit of noise about what the Angels did yesterday. I mean, it was a clear salary dump. Um, But they released, you know, five guys. 20% of their roster, uh, you know, gone. So, you know, and it's all just to save money and get themselves under the threshold. Of course, the Angels can say, hey, look, we're out of it. We might as well take a look at some of our young kids. The Angels are 12 and a half back. Right with 19 games to play, or I mean 29 games to play, they're not making the playoffs. So it's a chance for them to look at some of their young kids. I get it, but man, uh, there's going to be some teams licking their chops today. And I, I wish the Red Sox were in a position to do something. I just don't know that it makes sense. Um, you know, again, it's not impossible that the Red Sox make the playoffs, but they're in ICU. On life support, with no—I mean, I'm—and the prognosis is not good. Uh, last night they lose again. The Houston Astros beat them six-two, but last night yet again, a starter can't get out of the fifth inning. Brian Bayo is the guy that has been 
their most consistent starter this year. And he goes four and two-thirds yesterday. Um, And why? Well, the defense let him down, first of all. Rafi Devers with another error. Uh, Hamilton, who they just called up from the minors on a on a double play ball, inexplicably, you know, gets the out at second and then throws airmails the ball at first base. It's like he was trying to rush to throw. He had plenty of time. And then the Astros make it hurt. They end up scoring a run, take a three one lead, and Alex Cora comes out and gets Brian Bale. I got to be honest with you. I didn't understand why. Look. He had only thrown 82 pitches. This is a guy that's gone over 100 pitches several times. You got a bullpen yet that I know they were rested because Kyle Baraclaw got, you know, took one for the team the other night. But that was a situation last night where I felt like Alex took him out too early. I mean, I I guess I can't, you know, I mean, it, Bale wasn't terrible. He only gave up four hits. He gave up three runs. Two of them were earned because of the Devers error. He did give up two home runs. I get it. And, he, you know, he wasn't striking guys out, but he wasn't terrible. Bullpen sure was. I'm losing a lot of confidence in John Schreiber lately. He is uh, – I don't know whether he's out of gas or whether, you know, we're just seeing will the real John Schreiber please step up, but he hasn't been very good. You know, and uh, – Kevin Euclid last night would say, well, you know, he's thrown, you know, seven scoreless outings in his last nine. Yeah, but there's been so many guys on the bases. He may have done that. And let's also remember the part with Schreiber is he may not have given up any runs. The problem is he's coming in, inheriting base runners, and he's allowing those base runners to score. That's the That, to me, is the stat that's much more important than whether he actually gave up a run or not. And every time he gets in lately with guys on base, they're scoring. Count on it. But you know, it just—it was another disheartening game last night. It, I mean, look, uh, Adam Duvall hit another home run. He's hot as a pistol, which is great. But you know, it just was painful. And I don't know. I mean, look, I. We've talked about this, what, an, what a problem the defense that Rafi Devers plays is. I don't know how you fix it. He's a third baseman. He's young. You've just signed him to a huge contract. He's not going anywhere. Maybe eventually when they get somebody that can play third base, maybe you move him to first. I don't think so because now Tristan Casas has cemented himself there. Casas last night went one for two. He also walked twice, so he's on three of the four times he gets up. You know, he's got an OPS of the, in the mid-8s. He's not going anywhere. He's got 21 home runs. Rafi Devers maybe ends up David Ortiz. I've said that before. Like David Ortiz, just a DH. But right now, that is not it. So, you know, you got to live with it. But just this, this four and two-thirds innings with the Red Sox starters is just, it wears you out. Uh, Red Sox did announce yesterday that Jaron Duran will be out for the rest of the season. He hurt that toe climbing a fence uh, trying to catch a home run ball, which, by the way, he had no chance to catch. He was like five rows deep. 
Uh, but he hurt that toe climbing the fence at Yankee Stadium back on August 20th. Uh, he has to have surgery on his toe. And uh, he, he's had a rough August, uh, hitting 192 in August. But, look, the kid uh, wasn't very good in 2022. People were questioning whether he was going to end up getting traded. And he came up this year, and as was he and Casas have been the story of the year, as far as I'm concerned, for the Red Sox. Jaron Duran hit 295 this year. He had an OPS in the mid-8s, eight homers, 40 runs batted in. He leads the team in doubles. And a lot of those are hustle doubles because he's so fast. He can hit a ball that, that most for most people would be a single. And he just beats it out makes it a double. He also leads the team with 24 stolen bases and 26 attempts. He's been unbelievable. But he'll be out for the rest of the year. They say he'll be ready for spring training. Um, you know, And that it, it tells you, too, as hot as Adam Duvall's been, he signed a one-year contract. He's not coming back. It makes it, He can't. They have nowhere to put him. With, with uh, Alex Verdugo and Yoshida in left and right, Jaron Duran in center, you've got uh, William Abreu, who they brought up. He's on a paternity list right now, but he's looked really good, and you know he's a guy that's got a lot of pop. You've already signed Rob Refsnyder to a contract extension. Well, there's five outfielders right there. So that's what you got. So that means that Duval's not coming back. Now, look, with the year he's had, uh, even after coming back from that broken wrist, he has shown that uh, uh, he can still be an impact player. So he'll he'll get his money, but it won't be with the Red Sox next year. No question about that. Um, so if you're a Red Sox fan and you were hoping for the playoffs like you know we always do every year, now we're at the point of the year where reality starts to set in. And when you continue to play defense and have starters – that, that pitch, you know, four and two-thirds innings, turn out the lights. 35 minutes past the hour. We're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 37 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call here on a Wednesday morning. So with the Astros win last night against the Red Sox, uh, the Red Sox are going to lose yet another series, uh, even if they – Managed to come back and take one today, which I guess if you're the Red Sox, it's probably the best you can hope for. Uh, but with that victory, Houston now uh, in a virtual tie. It's a three-way battle for the American League West. What a great race that is. Seattle and Texas both at 75 and 57. Houston has played two more games. They are 76 and 58. Um, they are one one-thousandth of a percentage point below Seattle and Texas, but in a virtual dead heat uh, in the NL West. The Rangers, uh, who had only been out of first place for two games or two days all season, win again last night against the New York Mets, and with the Seattle loss, the Rangers now get into that tie. Uh, last night they beat the Mets 2-1. to one. Mitch Garver, uh, it was a scoreless game going into the seventh. Garver uh, hits a home run in the seventh inning to give them the lead. Uh, they get another run, Ezekiel Duran, an RBI single in the ninth. They make it 2-0. They bring in Aroldis Chapman to try to close it out. He gives up a home run uh, in the ninth inning, but that was it. They end up beating the Mets 2-1 to and uh, now sit in first place. Andrew Heaney was really good last night for Texas. Uh, he goes five and a third, five hits, seven strikeouts, walk one. Uh, only through 81 pitches. They're very careful with Heaney. Uh, they don't let him go real deep. 
uh, sometimes because he's had some arm trouble in the past and they're trying to take care of him. The bullpen does a pretty good job until Chapman gives up that home run for Chapman, his fourth save of the season. Jose Quintana was really good for the Mets, six shutout innings. Only gave up three hits. Um, but uh, this Texas lineup is hard to hold down. And, you know, the funny part is, uh, I mean, Garver with the home run last night, that was his uh, only his 13th of the season. The guys uh, like uh, Nate Lowe and, and Seager and Semyon, the guys, uh, Grossman, the guys you expect to be the big home run hitters, uh, had a pretty quiet evening. Um, but a big win for the Rangers last night. Um, they hope to get Nate Evaldi back. He was supposed to throw a bullpen session yesterday. They've pushed it back another day. He has been out since... July 18th, they need to get him back, uh, and uh, they're hoping to be able to do that. They will finish out their series today with the Mets. It'll be Dane Dunning going for his 10th win of the season. He's got an ERA of 3.36, having the best year of his career, uh, although his last couple of starts have been a little rough, but uh, he's having the best year of his career. Denny Reyes, uh, the young kid, will come up from Syracuse, uh, to start for the Mets. He's made two starts this season. He's got an ERA of seven and a half, uh, but the Rangers going for the sweep today. Interesting stat for the Rangers. Um, I mean, it's pretty amazing when you look at it. Uh, they are, what, 75 and 57. Going into last night, they had 24 saves all season. Only 24 saves in those 74 wins. They'd blown more saves than they've converted. I mean, that's I, that's remarkable. Normally, if, uh, if your bullpen can't hold leads and you're blowing saves, you don't have a record that is that good. You know, you're not 17 games over 500 with a bullpen that has been that disappointing. But somehow, they are. I mean, Will Smith and Aroldis Chapman. Uh, Chapman, of course, they got in the trade with the Kansas City Royals uh, late in the season. But uh, they have not exactly been lights out, and it's been a lot of nail-biting and roll-age time if you are a Texas Ranger fan. Uh, I mentioned the Mariners lose yesterday, and they lose to the Oakland Athletics. <laughs> not, not many people can say that. Uh, the Athletics have only won 39 games all year. Uh, the Mariners were 8-0 and against the A's until yesterday. Uh, they lose 3-1. Now, there were some extenuating circumstances. I mean, you know, look, number one, I don't care what your record is. It's still professional baseball. Beating a team every time you play them is damn near impossible, right? I think they're going to play them 13 times this year. They weren't going to go 13-0 and against the A's. All right, but last night, their best player, Julio Rodriguez, who has been unconsciously good, he got scratched because of a pinched nerve in his left foot. They say he's day-to-day. And then George Kirby, one of their top starters, got stretched, uh, got scratched before the game uh, because he was sick. So they had to go with Luke Weaver. Um, and look... Luke Weaver's got an ERA north of north of five, closer to six. And he went out and threw three and two-thirds innings and gave up seven hits and three runs, about what you would expect out of Luke Weaver. The bullpen did a great job after that. Five and a third shutout innings. 
but Weaver gave up the three, and then the uh, the Mariners couldn't figure out a way to get to Waldachuk and five relievers. Waldachuk went the first four, only gave up a hit and a run. He did walk five guys through 91 pitches in four innings, but then five A's relievers gave up just three hits in the next five innings, no runs. Struck out five, only walked one. And, uh, you know, that's it, it just goes how Rodriguez makes that lineup go. When Rodriguez isn't in that lineup, they don't have to pitch to guys like Cal Raleigh and Ty France. And Ty France, by the way, that was the other thing. He left the game, I think, in the uh, uh, third inning because he uh, bruised his left thumb on a pickoff attempt. So... You know, it was almost like the Mariners were playing uh, with one hand tied behind their back last night. Uh, they'll go for the series win this afternoon. Uh, Bryce Miller, who is 8-4, will get the start for Seattle. Uh, Zach Neal, uh, who is 1-0 with a 6.88 ERA, uh, who made his first Major League start since 2016 last Friday. He's going to make his uh, next one today. Uh, against the Mariners. Now, they still probably will be without Rodriguez. They said that is a day-to-day thing. And the thing with France, if he's got a bruised thumb, you know, you can't swing a bat with a bruised thumb. So they may be uh, a little shorthanded as well, but it's the Oakland A's. You'd like to think they'll find a way. Uh, the other team in the wild card race, the t- well, the, team, the only team really, I guess, at this point that has a realistic chance to make the playoffs and sneak into one of those wild card slots is the Toronto Blue Jays. I mean, you could still put the Red Sox in there, I guess, six and a half back, but the Blue Jays are three and a half back and they can't afford to stumble. And they did yesterday. They lose to the Washington Nationals five to four. Now, the Nationals, by the way, you know, they're not a great team, but they're a young team and they're playing better. They are one of the hotter teams in Major League Baseball in the month of August. They are now 17 and nine in the month of August. The Washington Nationals right now, ladies and gentlemen, have a better record and are higher in the standings than the New York Mets, the team that spent all that money in the offseason, spent $360 million. The Washington Nationals have a better record. Um, and last night, their uh, young catcher, Kiebert Ruiz, a three-run home run. Carter Keboom had a two-run double, uh, and uh, they beat the Blue Jays 5-4. to four. And uh, Mackenzie Gore... Allowed just one run over five innings. His first win in six starts. His last win came on the 23rd of July. And the Blue Jays, look, they're out without one of their big guns. Uh, Bo Bichette is still out. Matter of fact, they put him on the uh, injured list yesterday as he is dealing with a strained quad. And uh, it's been a tough year for Bo Bichette. And, you know, the, th- the other thing with Toronto is, you know, last year Vlad Jr., was an MVP candidate. He was great. Well, this year, uh, Vlad Jr., it's, I, I don't know whether it's fatigue. I don't know whether he's dealing with injuries, but his batting average is down. Uh, his power numbers are way down. He had 32 home runs last year. He's got just 20 so far this year. Um, so he is not the same guy he was last year. His run scores are way down. His doubles are down. Um, you know, look, there's still plenty of time left, and they're only three and a half back. But, and I know the Nationals are hot, but if you are if you are 
the Blue Jays, you have to win that series, and they'll try to do that this afternoon. They play, uh, yeah, this afternoon, and it's going to be Chris Bassett, who has 12 wins this year for Toronto with an ERA of four. He'll go against Patrick Corbin. Um, I think that game is at 1 o'clock this afternoon uh, in Washington, D.C. It is 47 minutes past the hour. We're going to take one more break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 50 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. Uh, by the way, I mentioned that game this afternoon with the Blue Jays and the Nationals was in Washington. That's not right. It's in Toronto, uh, north of the border. So, uh, uh, But it is at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are uh, in a position, uh, the number one wild card position right now in the National League. They keep rolling yesterday as they beat the uh, Angels by a final of 12-7. to 7. Of course, as I said, the Angels uh, are cleaning house. Uh, interesting, uh, two of the people that uh, they are cutting loose, Hunter Renfro and Randall Gritchick, were still in the lineup last night uh, for the Angels, and they will be through today until they get claimed on waivers, but uh, they are going to be released. But Gritchick hit a home run. Actually, he hit two home runs. No, excuse me. He did hit a home run and two doubles. Uh, last night for the Angels. Not nearly enough, though, as uh, the Philadelphia Phillies hit five home runs in the game, uh, and uh, they beat the L.A. Angels by a final of 12-7. to Bryce Harper, by the way, his 299th career home run. Kyle Schwarber with a home run, uh, his 37th home run of the season. Uh, Alec, uh, excuse me, Brian Stott hit one as well. Um, for Harper, that was his 14th of the year, as it also was for uh, Stott. And uh, guess who else? Trey Turner, who has been hot as a pistol, hits another one, his 18th home run of the season. So the Phillies, uh, who just swept the series against St. Louis, can do the same thing with the the, uh, Angels today. Uh, It's going to be Christopher Sanchez taking the lead, uh, taking the lead, taking the mound for the Phillies. It'll be Reed Detmers. Who is three and ten with a 5.03 ERA on the mound uh, for the Angels? By the way, in that game, uh, Shohei Otani, three for five, got the batting average up to 3.07, had a couple of runs batted, and continues to play despite the fact he's got that torn UCL. UCL probably going to need Tommy John surgery, but it has not affected his swing at all uh, as he continues to uh, to hit well at the plate. Uh, another big game yesterday: the Chicago Cubs. Also in wild card position right now, they are the number two wild card. But more importantly for them, uh, they are now just four games out of the National League Central lead as they beat the Milwaukee Brewers yesterday, one to nothing. They stopped. The Brewers had won nine games in a row, uh, but they uh, they do a great job yesterday. Uh, it was Justin Steele taking them out for the Cubs. Six shutout innings. He struck out eight. Only walked one. And then uh, lighter Merriweather and uh, Albert Azale, uh finish it up three shutout innings. Azale picks up his 22nd save of the season. Corbin Burns was great for Milwaukee. Seven innings, just one run, but they could not uh, do anything um, against the Cubs yesterday. They did get some guys on base. They had seven hits in the game, uh, but they went 0 for, I believe it was uh, – 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position, and the Cubs win that game by a final of 1 to nothing. Brandon Woodruff uh, will get the start for Milwaukee today. Kyle Hendricks will get the start for uh, the Cubs, a uh, 
pretty good pitching matchup this afternoon at Wrigley Field. Uh, Alex Cobb nearly had a no-hitter for the Giants last night. Eight and two-thirds shutout no-hit innings for the Giants until a double in the ninth inning chased home a guy that had walked. Uh, He loses the shutout, uh, loses the no-hitter. He does end up getting the last out, and Alex Cobb picks up his seventh win of the season. He threw. They left him out there to throw 131 pitches. Struck out eight, only walked one, uh, and uh, the Giants win the game by a final of six to one. San Francisco right now in the number three wild card position, but just a half a game lead over uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, it'll be Hunter Green this afternoon in the series finale for the Reds. Logan Webb will take the mound for San Francisco. And this means a lot for Cincinnati as well. Cincinnati, uh, a huge series uh, for those two teams, no no question about it. Uh, I mentioned the uh, uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks. They got drilled yesterday uh, by the Los Angeles Dodgers by a final of 9-1. Mookie Betts, the uh, reigning National League Player of the Week, his career-high 36th home run of the season for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, the Orioles keep rolling. They beat the uh, White Sox yesterday 9-3, to so the Orioles maintain their two-and-a-half game lead in the American League East over Tampa Bay. Anthony Santander, a go-ahead three-run double in the seventh inning, the difference in that one. And uh, the Blue Jays keep pace. They beat the Miami Marlins, a final in that one. Uh, was 11-2, to and the Guardians keep their slim hopes alive for the AL Central title. They come back to beat the Minnesota Twins yesterday by a final of 4-2. to They snack, but uh, their hopes are very, very slim. Sonny Gray this afternoon for the Twins. Tanner Bibby, uh, who has 10 wins, the young kid for the uh, Cleveland Indians, will tow the rubber this afternoon. That is going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We'll be here tomorrow, but we will not be here on Friday. Uh, I am going to uh, meet a friend uh, in Charlotte for lunch tomorrow, uh, Friday afternoon, so I will not be here on Friday, but uh, we will be here tomorrow, so I hope you can join us then. We leave you this morning with some music from the Eagles. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.